This morning's reading can be found on page 1500. It is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. The calling of the first disciples. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grant, O God, that in the written word and through the spoken word, we may obtain the living word, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me apologize to you because I got a mouth full of new teeth. <laughs> I'm finding it very difficult to speak, to eat, and to cope with this thing that's in my mouth. The dentist tells me I'll get used to it. So to help me get used to it, I've kept it in this morning. <clears throat> come. That's a very special word, come. And it's a special word when it comes from the mouth of God. And he is asking us to come. To come. To be with him. To have a special place on his team. Come. After feeding the 5,000, Jesus went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Up on that mountainside, he was able to look down upon the lake. And after a while, he saw that the lake had uh, boiled up with a storm, and he saw that some of his disciples were in trouble. And he went down to them. Have that as a picture in your mind. Jesus on the mountaintop, looking down on the ones whom he loved. And think about God looking down on us, knowing our needs, and coming to sort out those needs. Coming to bring us what we need most of all to have a renewed relationship with him. The word come is the beginning of a relationship. Come and be with me. And when he went down the mountainside to help, he walked towards his disciples on the water. And Jesus said, come. 
Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. When he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Those verses always rem remind me of a, a chorus we used to sing in a youth fellowship in St. Thomas's Church in Edinburgh. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Peter was okay. He was able to walk on the water because he had his eyes fixed firmly on Jesus. And it was only when he glanced away from Jesus he felt fear and that he began to sink. We must always remember in our walk with Jesus we need to fix our eyes upon him. I won't sing the chorus to you this morning. Today's talk was called, is called Apostles and Apprentices. My apprenticeship began, although I was unaware of it, when I was six years old in St. Patrick's Church in Cardiff. It was my baptism. My mum and dad had taken me to St. Patrick's Roman Catholic Church in Cardiff to be baptised. My godmother was the headmistress of the local primary school. And during that service, I guess, the priest prayed that the Holy Spirit of God would come into my life in a special way. I believe that's what happened even when I was six years old. God was waiting. He was waiting on the edges of my life, but he had plans for me. My apprenticeship continued as I grew up, attending Roman Catholic schools in Cardiff, Peebles, and Edinburgh. Every morning and afternoon, our lessons began with prayer. Our lessons included lessons on religious instruction. I attended Mass every Sunday and other holy days. My knowledge increased day by day. Being a Catholic was important to me, but it was an outward thing, like a raincoat that was available when I needed it. When I joined the Navy, I continued attending church, and when I was serving on HMS Victorious, I helped the Roman Catholic chaplain on board by being his server at communion. As my time in the Far East on board Victorious was coming to an end, I, like everyone on board, was looking forward to sailing into Portsmouth Harbour in July 1967. That day was fixed in our minds. It was going to be a joyous day. We remembered sailing out a year before, and uh, there were crowds up on the Still and West and other places. And that was our last sight of home for <coughs> a year.
and we were desperately looking forward to being home. But God had other plans. A war in the Middle East delayed our return. And it was August, not July, 1967, when my heart full of joy, I was reunited with my family. To my great dismay, my brother Peter told me that he had to leave the next day to go on a house party with the Youth Fellowship of St. Thomas's Church. I had over three weeks leave at that time, so I asked if I could go with him. My simple decision to do so was to completely change my life. During that house party, I met with my Savior Jesus, and he spoke that word to me, come. So began a partnership a partnership that has lasted from that day to this day and will last into eternity. My organist at Binfield Church was on holiday one time and I'd chosen uh, some songs and hymns and the relief organist said to me, you don't want to sing Lord of the Dance. That's not a Christian song. And I was preaching on <laughs> our walk with God as being a dance with him. So I was put out a bit. So I reckon he, by the end of the service, he was more put out than I was. <laughs> if you, most of you know the, the program Strictly Come Dancing. Um, it's been one of my favorites from for years. It's beginning less so now because it's getting a bit... <laughs> uh, do you agree with me? I thought I... Yeah. <laughs> but I used, used to love that, that program because it, it took a person who... Most of the people had never danced before and they were paired off with someone who was expert at dancing. And I like to compare that with our relationship with Jesus. We are paired up with him. He's the expert. He knows all the steps. And as long as we hold on to him, we'll be okay. And he was the one that I asked into my life. He was the one who said, come first. So I shouldn't have just said that, should I? But I listened to what he was saying. What a difference. When I went back to the ship, People noticed this, what has happened to Mountain. That was my nickname. Uh, I don't know where it came from. <laughs> when Jesus is in your life, people notice. It's because you're different. <coughs> my life was different. Even in my job in the Navy, um, when we hear that story about the the disciples leaving their nets behind. They didn't leave their nets behind. You'll see in John 21 that they, they were still fishing. And you think James and John left their father completely? No. It's saying to us in a very special way that their priority from that moment on was Jesus. He was to be their priority, not fishing 
other family, but Jesus. And as I continued in that way, I changed. Uh, it even changed my life in the Navy. Up until that time, in the Navy you're given a, a rating every year about how you've done. One part is character, which is usually VG, very good. And I always got satisfactory. <laughs> but my life changed, not in that I was going to church more and being part of a youth fellowship in a church. It was changed too in the work I was doing. And a couple of years after, um, I got the rating VG exceptional. I'm not saying that to boast. <laughs> But it was, it was crazy. I had been changed not just in the joy of knowing Jesus, but I was changed in a way that improved me in all sorts of ways in the ordinary ways of daily life. And I became a candidate for commissioned rank. From that moment, God called me to do things. He called me to, firstly, the first job I took on was to teach Sunday school because I had some background in the Catholic Church knowing all the religious instruction. And that began in 1967, 18 years, right through to the year I was ordained in 1985, I taught Sunday, Sunday school. And that is a, an apprenticeship. It's a time of learning. In an apprenticeship, you're, you're dependent on someone teaching you. So firstly, before I could teach the young ones, I had to be taught as well. So I had to prepare my Sunday school lessons. And that was part of my relationship with God, listening to him, what he wanted the young ones to know. And that preparation for those lessons and doing those lessons was a preparation for what God had, pla had planned for me in later years. I learned as much from teaching young children as I did in my years in theological college. It became important to me. Young people, children. Many years later, after 13 years as rector of Binfield, I was given a special People's Parish Award. The award read, in recognition of more than 13 years service to Binfield residents, especially children and young people. That warmed my heart, because I'm never happier, and I was never happier in my ministry when, than I was, was when I was going to the schools. I was chairman of governors at my first parish and I was in the, the Board of Governors in my second parish and it was a great joy to be part of uh, importing to them the knowledge that they desperately need as they prepared for their life to come. Jesus said in Matthew 19, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. 
Jesus there is reminding us how crucial it is to take care of our little ones. And throughout my parish ministry, I put an inordinate amount of time into the baptism of young ones and some older ones. It bore immense fruit, and we were greatly blessed by God. Look after the children, and the parents are not far behind. That's what I found. You concentrate on the young ones, and the, the older ones will follow on. That's because they care for their children. And if you show you care for them, it means something special to them. Peter, Andrew, James, and John were called. Immediately, the focus of their life, lives was changed. The priority was not as fishermen, but following Jesus. As I said before, it didn't mean that they did not fish anymore, but being obedient to Jesus as Lord was paramount. In John 21, Jesus said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Because they had been fishing all night. These experienced fishermen, they had been fishing all night and they hadn't been able to catch anything. We must beware of thinking we know better about certain things than God does. We may be experts in certain fields. And I guess the disciples thought they were fairly good at catching fish. Jesus was their master, but they knew what they were doing. <coughs> but they toiled all night and caught nothing. Jesus said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Listening to Jesus and being obedient leads to huge blessings in our lives. The call of Jesus to come is so important. It's a great opportunity. One of the things that gives me pride is my parchment signed by the Queen when I was promoted to sub-lieutenant in the Royal Naval Reserve. And it has pride of place in my study. But my pride is much deeper, much more real, because I have an intimate, loving relationship with not the Queen, or the king, but the king of kings. He has called me. He has called you. And it's important for us to hear that call. In Matthew chapter 8, it says, Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes of dens and birds of nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. 
the moment needed to be grasped. When Jesus says, come and follow me, we immediately go. And we are greatly blessed by that. If we choose otherwise, like the rich young ruler who was given an awesome opportunity of being part of Jesus' life and ministry, he chose the treasures of this world instead of the incorruptible treasures of heaven. It's difficult sometimes when God calls you to do something you don't really want to do. I loved being in the Navy. It was a big part of my life. <coughs> and I was greatly troubled when it became clear that God was asking me to leave the Royal Navy. But I was obedient. And the great blessing that God gave me because I was obedient, he opened up a new life for me that included not just the wonderful things that he had in mind for me, but being commissioned in the Royal Naval Reserve. What amazing grace. I was doubly blessed. What I thought was losing was part of the, the future that God was calling me to. When we serve God, we need to be good listeners to what he is saying to us. Well, we need to be wise. We need his wisdom. We need his spirit in our lives, a spirit of wisdom and understanding. Jesus said in Matthew 10, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. We need to be shrewd, but we also need to be innocent. We need to be a good witness for God in our lives. That is so important. If we are working for God and known to be working for God, our lives must reflect that. Another song, I won't say it's one of my favorites, but it's a song I remember. And one line says, they are watching you, marking all you do. Some of you might know that chorus. They are watching you, marking all you do. So be careful. Be careful. You might find it difficult to think God wants you to change the lives of people. But you can change the lives of people just by having Jesus in your life and him shining out because they are watching. God loves us. That reminds me of uh, a time on HMS Eagle when I was the leading writer of 800 Naval Air Squadron. And they knew that I was a practicing Christian, a member of the Naval Christian Fellowship on board, and they were watching me, marking all I did, and they would be the first to, to say, I had a different nickname then, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> but they were watching. 
And one of the chaps in our mess, Five Charlie One mess in HMS Eagle, he was a real pain. And um, he went on and on and on and on, uh, making me very uncomfortable. And he would pick me up on all sorts of things. And it was hard to love him <laughs> like God wanted me to do. But hopefully I did. The time came when I had to leave HMS Eagle to fly home. That was to leave the Navy. And he spoke to me on the day I left the mess. And he said to me, I'm, I'm sorry for all the things I've said to you over the last year. Can I say to you that you've made a big difference in my life? So know that you, what you do is being watched and it can change people. Don't be afraid, Matthew 10 says to us, you are worth more than many sparrows. God loves us. More than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others will also acknowledge before my I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. If we stand for Jesus, he will stand for us. We will be acknowledged before the Father of Jesus in heaven eternally. Jesus said, Come to Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and to each one of us. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In all the difficulties of following Jesus, he brings us a special kind of peace that we need. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He is our teacher. He is our guide. We are his apprentices. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's a wee bit hard to understand, isn't it? Saying, Jesus saying, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's in relationship to our burdens. Because what Jesus has done for us is to lift all those burdens from us to give us the peace and knowledge of not being guilty anymore. The disciples came to Jesus and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not them. Those who come when called are given the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. What a wonderful thing to have that shared with us by our God. We hear his call and he shares the deepest things with us. Things 
that we can understand, that others can't. And we need to hold on to them so that we can be strong, so that those others can eventually hear the, God of, the call of God saying, come to them. Jesus said, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. That was the, the lead up to Peter jumping out of the boat. <coughs> we mustn't be afraid. In our call, we might be called to do something that is very strange and very difficult. But we are to be unafraid. Do not be afraid. Scripture is full of the words, do not be afraid. We need not be afraid. If we're listening to God, He will be with us and we need not be afraid. Let us not be afraid to take the plunge in obedience to God. God shares with us many wonderful things. Remember, the special disciples were taken up to the mountaintop and saw Jesus in a different light, transfigured. And they're told that this is my son, listen to him. Listen to him. They were afraid and fell to the ground, but Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, do not be afraid. We've got to listen to him. I spent quite a bit talking to you about listening to what God was saying, so I won't go over there. Why should we listen? Because if we don't, we miss out on so much. Matthew chapter 19 says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Most of you will know the truth of that we might give up a little, but God blesses us a hundred times more. And then towards the end of Matthew's gospel, it says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. The call is to come. This is to go, to do things. And what are we asked to do? Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. One of the things I did early on in 1967, I was so excited that Jesus had come into my life, that he had taken away all the guilt, 
my terror of being guilty, that I wanted to tell other people. And I went one Sunday to the Mound in Edinburgh, just off Princess Street, slight Hyde Park corner, and I stood on a little soapbox <laughs> telling everyone how excited I was. I was a bit, bit naive at the time, but it was real. In my apostleship, because I don't like the fancy word apostle because I think we are all very, very special in God's sight. And we are part of his team. I have been priv privileged to draw people closer to God. I've certainly be, been obedient to the Great Commission in that I have baptized hundreds of people. I'm not sure that it was exactly that that Jesus was talking about. But I was trying to count up how many children and people I've baptized. It must be near the thousand. All the biblical texts that I've quoted this morning, except the one from John, are from the Gospel of Matthew. It was the Gospel that I read after giving my life to Jesus. And I found it was dedicated to discipleship. What better gospel to read at the beginning of my new discipleship? Not having a faith that was just an overcoat to wear when it was raining, but to have all of the time. All of us are called to be his disciples, and all of us will fluctuate between doing things and learning things, between being apostles and apprentices, doing and learning, learning and doing. Quite often we'll need to learn before we do. We will let God down, but he loves us and is ready to forgive us. Like Peter, who immediately left his nets to follow Jesus, but later betrayed him, we can know the assurance of God's love. Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. God asks us if we love him. We can be sure that he loves us and he wants us to do something very special in his service. But take care. All that we do needs to be authentic and real. And what can be more authentic and real than at all times we are dancing with our Savior and what other people see is him in us.